Welcome to the sermons of Our Savior Lutheran Church in Fort Capel, Saskatchewan. We pray that this may be a blessing to you, and God's Word would dwell richly within your heart. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In our Gospel lesson this morning, our Lord gives a sermon that cuts straight to the matter at hand and helps us see the grave consequences of mixed allegiances of the heart and how they cannot stand. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he'll be loyal to one and despise the other. Our Lord does not tiptoe around the issue, but attacks it head on. You cannot serve two masters. One's loyalties cannot be divided, especially when the masters are opposed. If one tr tries to do this, they will find themselves joyfully serving one and begrudgingly serving the other. Loving and being loyal to one hating and despising the other. And so that we may understand him clearly as to what he is talking about explicitly, our Lord says, you cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon comes from Aramaic and refers to wealth and treasured possessions. You cannot serve God and mammon. Our God is a jealous God, desiring the best for his people, and so he will not allow any to be worshipped alongside him. He will not allow his people to trust in false gods that cannot help. And when one serves mammon, they end up worshipping it as well, making it into a god, expecting from it good things. St. Paul writes of this and warns of it in his epistles, especially to the Ephesians and the Corinthians and the Colossians, sorry. For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. And again, therefore put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry covetousness, desiring that which belongs to another, which is not rightfully yours, is idolatry. This is indeed the service of mammon, covetousness, which is idolatry. You cannot serve God and mammon, for if you do, you will come to love mammon and hate God. You will be loyal to mammon and despise God. For mammon, that is wealth, possessions, and the like, seeks to be served above all else. It seeks to be labored over all things so that it grows and grows and grows. The serving of mammon results in heaping up more and more for the sake of heaping up, for the sake of security. It is hoarded away just in case it is gathered but never used. In the end, mammon, wealth, and possessions possess the one who serves them as they are consumed by it in its service to it in all their thoughts. They are like the fool in our Lord's parable who, when he was blessed by the Lord with a bountiful harvest, tore down his barns in order to make new ones to store all of his old and new grain together, but died before he could do so. 
It would have been far better for him to have put this bounty to use feeding the poor rather than keeping it for himself. And this highlights the difference between having wealth and possessions and serving them. Serving them involves hoarding them, storing them up and trusting in them. Serving them is seeking your good from them, looking simply to buy your health, your happiness, and all the rest. Job was a very wealthy man in the Old Testament, and he says, If I have made gold my hope, or said to find gold, you are my confidence. If I have rejoiced because of my great wealth, and because my hand has gained much, I would have denied God, who is above all. He did not do this, for he used his possessions properly. The proper use of wealth is to use it to serve others. God has granted us these gifts that through them we might serve others, that the poor might be fed and clothed, and that the gospel might continue to be proclaimed. The Psalms say, if riches increase, do not set your heart on them. It's easy to begin to do so when we see riches increase, when we see our wealth grow. It is tempting to begin to serve it, that it may increase and grow all the more. But if our heart is set on the Lord, and our faith and trust is in our God, then these same riches are freed up, that they might be used to serve others. And so our Lord, to warn us against the constant temptation to serve mammon, and to encourage us in our faith in God, says, Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? He commands us to cease worrying about our own earthly life, to not be anxious about food and drink or clothing. Our life is much more important than these things. There is much more to it than that. If these are our constant focus, then we will only ever serve mammon rather than God. God has done so much for us, and he continues to do so much for us, that we should not be concerned with these little things. Far more important, far more pressing in our lives is that true spiritual life which he gives. And if he gives to us such rich blessings, will he not also give to us all else to support this body and life, even food and drink and clothing? Yes, indeed, he does and will, but he does not bid us to sit and wait for him to fill our bellies and for him to clothe us. He does not say, do not labor, but do not worry. Even before the fall, the Lord had made us to labor. In Genesis chapter 2, it says, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. This work was a pleasant work, a satisfying work. However, since the fall into sin, labor has become more laborious. As God said, by the sweat of your brow you shall eat. Yet there is something in us which still takes pleasure and satisfaction in labor, and it is good and a gift of God. In addition, the Lord uses our labor to help and guard us against vice and sin. True is the saying, idle hands makes the devil's tools. Yes, the Lord has commanded us not to cease laboring, but to cease worrying. He has called us not to idleness, but to trust in him. 
Thus, as our Lord says, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. He is calling us to labor, but not heap up possessions. Not to labor in order to do that, but to labor because we wish to serve others, trusting that God will provide for us. Look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. Yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Here our Lord Jesus points us to creation so that we might learn from these creatures of God that we do not worry, but rather that we be moved to even greater faith and trust in him. First, look at the birds of the air, the wild birds, the sparrows and swallows, the ravens and jays, the robins and finches and all the rest. They do not have the advantages that we do. They cannot sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet they are not without food. They are not called to work in this way, but rather God has called them to other works, singing, raising young, and all the rest. They do not worry about food, for they know that God, their maker, will care for them. When the time is right for them to eat, they go and find it as God has prepared for them. Second, we see the lilies of the field, and are asked to consider how they grow. These, again, are wild flowers, not any particular kind, but any and all kinds of wild flowers that you might find in ditches and pastures and hillsides. As they grow, they neither toil nor spin. They do not put any effort into gathering materials, refining them, and making them into a beautiful garment. Rather, they simply grow up as God has commanded them to do, seeking the face of the sun, opening up their flowers for all to see. Yet I say to you, Jesus says, not even Solomon in all his glory was arrayed like one of these. Not even the most magnificent king of Israel was dressed like these grass-like wildflowers. God provides for them their clothing in beauty and splendor out of his love for his creation. After asking us to consider how God cares for these, his creatures, Jesus says, Your heavenly Father feeds these birds. Are you not more value than they? Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Are you not more valuable than the, all the birds? Yes, much more so. God has created the birds. They are his creatures, and he is their God, and they worship him as he has called creation to do. So too God has created you, and you are his creature, and he is your God, but that is not all. Jesus calls him your heavenly Father. God is not the father of birds. He's not the father of flowers, but he is a father to you. For he has sent his only begotten Son into the flesh to take on your sin. He has given him over into death so that you might be redeemed. He has purchased and won you with the precious blood of his Son from sin, death, and the devil. 
He has claimed you as his own in holy baptism, causing you to be born again and naming you his child and he your father. This he has done for you because of his love for you. If God cares for so much for his creation, will he not care all much more for you, his redeemed child? Yes, far more. He has called you his child and bids you call him father. He has done so much to lavish upon you the riches of his grace, and he shall certainly care for you and give to you your daily bread. Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Our Lord commands that we do not worry over food and clothing and the daily necessities of life. The Gentiles seek after these things. Pagans seek after them, focusing on them, striving after them, intent on gathering them in because they don't know God. They do not know him as a loving father. They do not know of all that he has done for them, even for them. They do not believe in him or trust in him, but believe in idols and false gods that cannot help save or provide for them. Because of this lack of faith, this lack of trust in the true God, they have these worries and anxieties and so seek after these things. Fretting over these things is born out of unbelief and a lack of faith. If they trusted in him, they would not worry over these things. On the other hand, we know the Lord our God is a loving God, and that he is our Heavenly Father. We know that he is not just loving in the abstract, but that he loves us. Since we know this, and since we know that God loves us greatly and has given us such great and abundant blessings in Christ Jesus, let us trust in him who loves us. Let us commit these things into his hands, trusting that he will provide and care for all of our needs, for he knows them even before we do. Yes, he has given us such great and wonderful things, even the forgiveness of sins and life eternal. He will also certainly give to us those things which are small in comparison, those things which support this body and life. Thus, trusting in him all the more, we may be freed from worry and anxiety over such things. Yet this does not mean that God has called us to live a life without care, a callous life without a heart. Far from it. Just as there is worry and anxiety which springs from unbelief and a lack of faith, so too there is a godly care and worry that is motivated and springs from love, the fruit of faith, a care for others that sees them in their need and is moved to compassion, a care that desires that others hear the gospel and to be saved, a care that desires that the gospel continue to be preached among us and so materially supports those that work to teach it. These are good concerns, good worries that are motivated not by unbelief, but by love, by love which is found in those who have faith and trust in God and whom he has justified by his grace. This godly care for others helps us to keep a proper attitude on possessions, on mammon. 
where this motivates us not to hoard it or serve it, but to share it, and so serve others by it, and thus serve God. For he has called us to do so as his redeemed children. May God ever increase in us such faith that trusts in him, that we may serve him alone, through the merits and mediations of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thank you for joining us. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless and preserve you always. Amen.